You're listening to Wonderland, Episode 5, Trust Me. Welcome back to Wonderland, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. I'm Jenny. And I'm Aaron. We're so happy to have you joining us for our discussion about Trust Me, which is just the second episode of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. And as I've rewatched this episode, I'm starting to like it more. Hooray! You, you didn't, didn't like, like it before. It? <laughs> oh, I'm the opposite. <laughs> the first time I saw it, I thought, they're they're just kind of all over the place. And it, it didn't seem, the first time at least, it didn't yeah. feel as much to me like it had a logical flow. But now rewatching it, I think that, well, yeah, this makes more sense now. I, I can appreciate some of the dynamic, the dialogue, the, the plot line a mm-hmm. lot better. Interesting. I thought it had a nice flow from the beginning. And it was sort of like the grout on the tile of the premiere. Meaning, which is a stupid way of saying that it filled in a lot of holes that the premiere <laughs> left. Aaron or Jenny, what did you guys think overall of the episode? Or gals, I guess. <laughs> oh, gosh. This episode moved very quickly for me. I kind of liked it, but it felt really busy, kind of. I agree that it filled in a lot of holes, but I think that it also got back to the formula that we are used to as fans of Once Upon a Time and as fans of perhaps Lost. <laughs> well, actually, I would say I like this, the way they're being different from that formula, because I don't know what exactly you're defining as the formula, but the flashbacks are a common thing that we saw in Once Upon a Time as well as in Lost. And the way that they would do flashbacks and are doing flashbacks in Once Upon a Time is the flashbacks are generally all part of a single other story going on at some other time or that happened at some other time Mm. that somehow relates to the current story. These flashbacks were very different. These, I would call these event-specific flashbacks. So if you were to piece together the flashbacks in this episode you would not get a complete story. That's true. But if you do that with stuff like from Lost or Once Upon a Time, you would get a complete story. Mm. And the way they're doing this, they spent a lot more time on the present day and the flashbacks are giving us extra details about a particular event. Burying the bottle, the genie going to get the bottle, those different things, specific flashbacks. And I'm, I'm liking that. It's because it's different from Once Upon a Time. I agree. I so, do I do agree with that. The the thing I meant more is more the timing. The the flashbacks were very quick and more frequent in the pilot. And in this episode they were more timed the way that we would expect them. The pilot was almost like a trailer at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> well, let's start our discussion with this episode. And I think because the flashbacks are a bit different and not telling two separate stories 
we'll be able to go through these episodes without having to split it up, at least so far, mm -hmm. in terms of different worlds. But we can go through this somewhat in the way that they presented it to us. And it starts out in Agrabah. And Aaron and Jeremy, you guys can shed some more light on the what is Agrabah. Yeah, I it started to occur to me watching this episode that, hey, just because I grew up hearing this name doesn't mean it's a real place because I've never heard it outside of a Disney movie. And so we were looking at that and it's not. And Aaron found a little more background on that. Yes, it's I just Googled it and it says that um, Aladdin originally was going to take place in Baghdad, but it was changed to Agrabah. And it says that there's that that's an anagram of Baghdad, but there are some added letters and some letters missing. Right. So I don't know if somebody <laughs> just made that up. Yeah, Agrabah sounds much cooler than Baghdad. <laughs> <laughs> and Agrabah just kind of rolls off the tongue better than Baghdad. Baghdad. <laughs> I'm surprised there isn't a rapper with the name Baghdad. <laughs> and like he's got his little boy that raps with him. Okay, no, sorry. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> but it seems that Jafar has been tracking this bottle. We have no idea how long he's been looking for the genie. But I'm wondering, how is it that he's finding the genie? And this all starts in Agrabah. I wonder if the genie bottle has just been passed around staying within Agrabah. So it's been pretty easy to find. Just follow whoever seems to be suddenly prosperous. Yeah, I'm thinking that's how he's how he's finding it. He's just looking for for uh like prosper prosperous people. People, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that would work for the recent past from whenever that flashback started many years ago back as long as kind of Jafar's been looking, but the genie did say that he's been in Lots of different worlds, right, I think. A hundred years, about. I sure yeah, hope. So Jafar might have only been following him for the last 20 or 10 or something. Yeah. I sure hope they're going to tell us and show us how Cyrus and Jafar first met and, like, show us their history a little bit. Yeah. That's, that I would, so. I bet that would be an interesting story. I have a lot more hope for the filling in of story after this week. <laughs> it was like, that was on my list and that was on my list. Yeah. I was surprised how quickly they gave us some of these answers. Yeah. Definitely makes a lot more sense now. Although, I mean, I guess Agrabah is as far from the earth or is, wait, Wonderland is as far from Agrabah as the earth is from the sun. Yeah. <laughs> yes. If the wish was taken literally. So, well, I would think that it would be. So, I, yeah, they're very, very distant worlds, which makes me wonder, how did Jafar find Wonderland in the first place and know that the genie was here? Also, wouldn't want you to overcook water. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. That is that is a good question, though. If Jafar is just following wishes, Alice hasn't made any wishes, and she's the first person that the genie has met since that wish was made to send him far away. So I am interested now to know how he's tracking him, because it can't be that he's just looking for prosperous people. Maybe the rabbit went to Agrabah for some reason and blabbed, just because <laughs> he's kind of a loose lips kind of a rabbit. He is. He seems like it. That's plausible. 
Just like, I'm late, I'm late, there were wishes and genies and blah. <laughs> and then down a hole and Jafar goes with him. I'm not sure if you guys noticed, but the title card this time where it says Once Upon a Time in Wonderland had Silver Mist on it. I didn't know. How silly. They didn't did show a title card for the pilot episode, did they? Uh, they did. Okay. I think that they're probably going to start doing this thing similar to what we see with Once Upon a Time, where they add something different for each episode. Mm -hmm. And so we can look for that now in the title cards. I really enjoyed how they started this episode, (laughs) just like they start, just like the Disney movie Aladdin started, because that one started with meeting a merchant who knows a story. And this episode Mm -hmm. starts with a merchant. Who knew a story about a genie and actually owned a genie. <laughs> I so love, I just like that. I love the opening shot of the city. I thought it looked really good. Mm-hmm. The overhead flying through the air kind of. And then the carpet edge, actually. That yeah. was in that scene, wasn't it? We were yes. too far. Yeah. We were too far. <laughs> yeah. In Wonderland, then, with Will and... <laughs> And Alice, as she's assaulting that tree, we learn about a great horse of happiness and joy. I love that. I want that. I love that too. I want a clothes horse. I want a coffee horse. (laughs) You would. I'd love to have a clothes horse in our neighborhood. And it's just so like, well, of course the clothes horse came. Duh. It's a clothes horse. Wonderland. As they do. (laughs) I really liked that. I liked that because it's Wonderland, we don't even like bat a second eye. That's what happened. I want to talk about this two-step plan. Their plan was step one, find the bottle. And step two, make three small wishes which will essentially summon Cyrus back. But I was a little confused about this because at first when Alice gave her plan, she said, make three small wishes. But then as she was talking more, she said, this is where you come in, Will, is that he's supposed to make his first wish to summon the genie, or that would not to summon the genie, but his wish would summon the genie Mm -hmm. once they have the bottle. But Cyrus said, well, if I do that, wouldn't that make the genie my genie. You mean Will? Yeah. You said Cyrus. Uh, so. I'm uh, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, Will would summon the genie by so making I, his wish. That blows a hole in my theory that there needs that that it's like a contract what Alice has with Cyrus at the moment. Because you remember when I thought that that she has to make her three wishes before Jafar can make any wishes of his own. Right. So. That's blown up now. Since she's asking, since she's asking for um, Will to make three wishes. I thought Alice said she was just going to make her two wishes and that Will would rub the bottle. I, I don't remember her mentioning his wish, but she was really adamant that he had to be the one to rub the bottle. Right. And so that he would make his wish. And he said, well, if I make my wish, wouldn't that make him my genie and she said well then i'll just have to trust you Hmm. and there's a lot about trust in this episode as well as distrust like you see the good guys are talking about trusting each other the bad guys are completely distrusting each other Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're competing so i guess i'm confused now and i wasn't when i watched it (laughs) i thought they said that 
he was going to have to make three simple wishes and mm-hmm. then Cyrus would be pulled back to the bottle. That's which left me heard. wondering why the bottle can grant wishes and why a genie is necessary if the bottle can grant wishes. Well, well let's the... go back to what Alice actually said. Oh, okay. It's a two-step plan. Step one, we find the bottle. Step two, we make three harmless wishes and no matter where he is, he'll just get drawn back inside. I thought you said there's no such thing as a harmless wish. True. As if you wish for something big, but if you wish for something... Small and innocent, like a cupcake. Should be fine. Which, um, brings us to you. Here it comes. You'll rub the bottle, and Cyrus will reappear, and we'll be together again. And then we'll figure out a way to truly free him once and for all. You know, this plan, I can, now knowing where Cyrus is, this plan would kill him. He's in a silver cage. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I did wonder about that, too. So will that prevent him from being summoned completely? Like, is that silver not just something that would kill him if he tries to come out, but does that prevent the magic from passing through so he can't even be summoned? So it's not like he's going to suddenly slam against the cage wall, but that it just won't reach him at all. I was visualizing that. Yeah. Uh, So it almost sounds like she's going to go ahead and use her wishes. No, no. It sounds like, like Will is going to rub the bottle... And once Cyrus is back inside after the three wishes have been made. No, no, no. Cyrus has, I mean, not Cyrus, Will. This is difficult. Yeah. <laughs> Will. <laughs> Will's going to rub the bottle. He's going to make three wishes. And the genie's going to be his. But she already has her wishes. Yeah, she and does have her wishes. she's never made them. Well. I don't think she wants to spend her wishes. Here's what I think. As we've been talking about this and played the clip again, here's what I think they're saying. The way that Alice explains this is she said, we'll make, we will make three harmless, small harmless wishes. But she doesn't know the meaning of the word we. I think she's referring to (laughs) she will use her wishes, which might be granted even without Cyrus present, possibly. And so Cyrus might not be summoned Uh. until then... She hands the bottle over to I see. Will. Right. He rubs it, and that brings Cyrus back. Got it. Which is why that it's makes a sense. big amount of trust, because the only reason Cyrus is technically free is because Alice is never planning to use her wishes, but she's now planning to get them back. And yes, he will technically belong to Will. And that's why part of what they said just after this is that then they would try and figure out a way to give the genie his freedom. But if Will double crosses and uses all the wishes, then they're stuck. So it almost sounds like either Will's wish or Will no longer has one of those wishes because Alice had promised him one. Or maybe she's going to let him use one of the three and then she'll use the other two. And then use them. Yeah. And (laughs) then Will gets the genie bottle and rubs it. It's all a very complicated economy of wishes. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Thankfully, wishes aren't horses and they can use the horses. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they'll wish for a pony and then that's how it can work out. And Will talked about Care Bears. He did. (laughs) Yes, that was awesome. (laughs) We buried it in the Mimsy Meadows under the town Tum Tum Tree. It's a place where nobody goes. With a name like that, why would they? Unless they were a Care Bear. What's a Care Bear? <laughs> <laughs> what was that noise? A snore. That's, That's hilarious. That was the rabbit. Oh, well, I, was, I, I don't remember Will getting bored by that. 
I Mimsy like- Meadow sounds more like a Dora reference than a Care Bears <laughs> reference. <laughs> well, actually, side reference here. Someone tweeted us a picture of Dora Saves the Enchanted Forest. <laughs> some book that's available. So maybe Dora will come into this. No, that's not serious. But what I am thinking seriously about with this is that Will is our pop culture guy, Mm -hmm. even though he grew up in Wonderland, probably. And Alice grew up in our world. Yeah. He's the one that's been in Storybrooke. And so he knows things like television, coffee, all of this stuff. So he, (laughs) as the side character, is the one bringing in the pop culture references instead of the main character. And Alice is in her element. She's got everything figured out. She knows this place, mostly. Will still does provide certain insight here and there, but he's the one with all the pop culture references. And Mm -hmm. I like how they kind of flip that from the way you normally see it in TV shows, where it's the main character that's out of place and is bringing in all the pop culture references. Oh, that's true. Like even with Harry Potter, complete side reference here, but Harry (laughs) Potter, Harry was the one that was unfamiliar with the magical world. So everyone had to explain things to Harry, things that everyone else knew. Right. And so we got to see, we as muggles got to see this magical world through the perspective of Harry and learned as he was learning about these things. And it kind of feels like it's flipped here in Alice in Wonderland or Mm -hmm. in in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. (laughs) True. I wonder, we saw, we saw Cyrus feel something in his heart and say, Alice, he was awoken by that. Which I feel it's something we're going to see an awful lot in this show. Perhaps. I, I think he was just dreaming and then he looked for the necklace because that's what he had to remind himself of her, but she had the necklace. I wonder if there is some way that the necklace has, in a sense, like burned himself itself into him a little bit so that he can feel a little bit when she's near. Well, it's, it's a genie necklace. <laughs> oh okay <laughs> i mean it belonged to him as a genie he wore it as a genie so it would make sense that it's somehow yeah kind of part of him when it first started glowing he said that he would know when she was near but he also said that she would know which it was kind of an incomplete sentence and i thought she'll know when she's near because that's funny but <laughs> obviously he meant she would know when he was near i would assume that it works both ways she's yeah, wearing it so. now so he but they're still linked and she, they basically said that the only reason he hadn't come is because he couldn't, mm. that he would know she was there. You know, speaking of this necklace, I did notice something about Jafar while he was digging under the towering Tum Tum tree. In the Mimsy Meadows. <laughs> In the Mimsy Meadows. <laughs> With the Care Bears and Beetles. <laughs> he has Care a, Beetles. He has a pendant necklace kind of like Cyrus's. Hmm. So I wonder if Jafar is looking for Cyrus because... He's now the gene. He's now a genie, and he's possibly wanting his freedom or something. I think he's got his heart his... is linked to those beetles. <laughs> well, his <laughs> necklace is black. Hmm. Oh, yeah, it's a very different looking necklace. Like but you're his right, heart. He's, it's uh, his is much more his decorative. Is... But it looks kind of like Cyrus's. Hmm. It's yeah, a it's bit. a plate with a little with a little dark gem in the middle. Yeah, there there could be they something to that. So maybe they're, they're necklaces that genies get. Well, let's start moving the conversation that way of what Jafar might want. And it, we saw the scene of the Red Queen 
with all of these people just complaining to her, and she's completely <laughs> bored by them. Man, which, these people are whiny. <laughs> yeah. They are so whiny. Something ate someone's dodo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, aside from the real issues, like our water is almost gone and our crops are dying, they're just all whiny. That's probably why she's so bored. Well, she so she said she's bored, and then when Jafar froze everyone, she said, come out, come out, wherever you are. It almost sounds playful, and it, I mean, makes me think that she's a little bit childish, and we don't really know how old she is she's or all about how mature games. she is. She is always using game wording. Yeah. Have you noticed? Yeah. It's always about yeah. setting up the board, or you're holding all the cards, or come out, come out wherever you are. Yeah. Maybe she looks... She looks really young in some of the close-ups of her. I don't know if the actress is young. I don't know if they're trying to make her look really young, but she looks really young and innocent, and she doesn't look very confident in a lot of the, sh- the shots. She always, like, she has really watery eyes, like she's always about to cry, and <laughs> she just, yeah, she looks really young. She looks kind of uncertain of herself sometimes. Yeah. She's still trying to earn respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she did say that she took Wonderland mm-hmm. and took the throne. And it, it, yeah, much of this seems kind of like a little selfish brat that's like, I'm <laughs> bored with all of you people. Let's play a game, sort of thing. What if it? What if it's kind of like, like, like a beehive? Like Wonderland's a beehive, and new queens come to power. After another is overthrown. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever heard about bees? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it depends on the bee maybe, but some of them, well, I I shouldn't. Someone can comment on the show notes over at wonderlandpodcast.com slash five to give us more background on how the bees work with the queens taking over. (laughs) Speaking of things I'd like more information on. Uh, that I haven't really had a chance to research, haven't had much luck here. There was an eye in the middle of the floor in the Red Queen's court. And I was wondering if there was an Egyptian sort of tie, something possibly Agrabah related. Or like the all-seeing eye? Something like that. It didn't look, it looked a little more symmetrical than that to me but it's possible makes me think of this comment i've been wanting to make about some similarities i've been noticing in this series and the never-ending story um movies and books so in the chat room the first night somebody commented on how the cheshire cat reminded them of falcor from the never-ending story which i agreed with it's like a big furry It's a dog and kind of a dog in the never-ending story that flies. But then in this episode, like they referred to Alice, Alice's um, finding Cyrus as a quest, which I know that's an, a common word, but that is also what it's called in the never-ending story. Like Atreyu is on this like big quest that she's supposed to, he's supposed to be sent on. But then there's also a giant turtle right. in the never-ending story, <laughs> and there's all these floating. Um, floating buildings and stuff at the end of the movie, floating castles. Mm-hmm. And there's all the floating islands in um, oh, yeah. in Wonderland. But then I know there's something about an eye, too, in the never-ending story, which I can't... Hmm. 
recall remember. what it is, but there's either like a character with a special eye or something. interesting. Oh, there's um, I think there's actually eyes that open and shoot. Oh, it is. Or it is. Um, I think it's like an obstacle at the end that he needs to get past. And it's these statues, oh. and they shoot laser things out of their eyes. Oh, okay. That was one of the creepiest movies in the world. <laughs> I love that movie. I think I that's it probably it why. Creepy. It is creepy. <laughs> and I'm sure they're not going to try and tie any of that into into Wonderland, but it's just interesting it's that there's so many things that seem to correspond with it. So... I think what I was thinking of was the Eye of Horus. And the reason I couldn't find it is because I saw the eye and I thought Eye of Cyrus. And I thought, oh, Cyrus. But when I searched for that, all I could find was things about Miley Cyrus's eyes. And it was really <laughs> awkward. And But no, I think I was thinking of the Eye of Horus, which is quite different, actually, than what's on the floor. But I still, they focused on it. So I wonder if it has something to do with something. Mm-mm. It could. It could be a way that... Well, who built this castle? That's kind of something to consider is whose castle is this really? Is it the Red Queen's castle and always has been? Was it someone else's castle before her? Is Red mm-hmm. Queen just merely a title and not a uh, a name? It, like, was Korra also the Red Queen? Was it some kind of rank or something like that before? It, it could be many mm-hmm. different things. don't think so, but... Hmm. Well, we learned that Jafar... And Red Queen have some interesting plans for magic. With the bottle's power, will you indeed be able to change the laws of magic? To make the impossible possible, you must have some truly unholy desires. Oh, that I do. I wonder what these unholy desires are. And to further enforce how young she seems, her voice is really girlish. (laughs) Like, it's so girlish. So girlish. So let's make predictions. (laughs) Well, Jafar wants to bring someone back from the dead, and she wants to either change the past or make somebody love her. That's my, those are my predictions. Aaron, what do you think? (laughs) I think Jafar would want to change the past, Mm -hmm. especially if we find out that the whole Aladdin thing kind of happened the way Mm, we might suspect it did. Um, I think Cyrus fills the role of Aladdin in the story. And I have reason that I'll mention later. Oh, yeah, it might be the same as mine. Oh. I don't know about her, though. She probably wants to make somebody fall in love with her. Well, in the last episode of the podcast, I played some clips on the rules of magic. And uh, from both Aladdin, the movie, as well as one of the Once Upon a Time episodes. But here are the rules of magic from Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. And note, there are four, whereas what we've heard before were three. So I can wish for anything I want. There are a few restrictions. The laws of magic, as it were. Laws of magic? Yes. There are four of them. I can't kill anyone. I can't bring anything back from the dead. I can't change the past. And I can't make anyone fall in love. These rules are very familiar, except for one of them. Can't change the past. We haven't heard that rule of magic or wishes before. It makes sense. So that they added that in here makes me think that's one of the rules that either (laughs) both or one of the two bad people want to change. Plus, it would be a way of bringing someone back from the dead, potentially. 
Oh, yeah, because when you start talking about changing the past, then it could mean someone doesn't die or all of these things. But then again, it could mean one person dies and another person doesn't. Yeah. Or someone dies in just a, a different way. Right. Depending on the perspective of the past that they tried to take there. Changing the past could break all three of the other rules in one somehow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it could. Did you notice the Tweedles are mentioned? Yeah, not only mentioned, but Sweeping up people's ash. (laughs) By the way, before we move on to them, we've got a great forum post talking about these rules of magic. And it was started by Rumpel's Girl, or I think Rumpel's Girl informed us of this. And check out this forum discussion going on and comment there. And we'll have the link in the show notes at wonderlandpodcast.com slash five. But let's tweedle our way over to... (laughs) talking about the and dumb <laughs> there are two of them and they're called tweedles so i just was like hey look it's the tweedles they didn't necessarily seem very d or dumb no and they weren't it's... fat yeah they're supposed to be little fat boys <laughs> <laughs> well how are they described in the books because we know how we've seen them in the movies but how are they in the books aaron um I just, I know that I think they're young because it's, they're having a war over, oh, I can't remember. They're having a war over one of them took the other one's new bat or something like that. Sorry. Mm, Yeah. It sounds like a a little boy's fighting. And then they always talk in this like rhymey, rhymey way (laughs) and they finish each other's sentences in most of the versions i've seen in tim burton's version they're actually called fat boys the red queen (laughs) calls them fat boys i just realized the only ones i'm actually familiar with were from the whatever year it was (laughs) the live action one and it was a man and a woman and they were both quite fat strange kind of round really and they were really annoying and i didn't like them well did you notice their face paint yeah that That was strange strange but check this out one of our listeners michael w sent in this email saying hey guys and gals i wanted to share an easter egg i noticed in trust me the red queen's servants the tweedles both wore the exact same face point that david bowie 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 face paint bowie wore on the iconic cover of his album aladdin sane huh and we'll have these screenshots in the show notes at wonderlandpodcast.com slash five. But Michael continues by saying, I thought it was a funny nod to Aladdin that some viewers may not have picked up on. The album title, Aladdin Sane, is a pun on a lad insane. Could we eventually meet Aladdin only to see that he has lost his mind? Perhaps the price he paid for a large wish? I'm probably turning a very simple (laughs) musical reference into a crazy theory, but that's half the fun of watching this show. Hmm. It's a good theory. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised because they have used musical icons here in Wonderland, like from the Jefferson Spaceship, Jefferson Airplane Band for the original voice of the Caterpillar, Caterpillar, and then Iggy Pop being used as the second voice of the Caterpillar. Yeah, and and all that used... stuff is pretty lost on me, but it's okay. <laughs> well, that's where you guys, our listeners, come in and you bring such valuable feedback to this. And do check out these screenshots that we'll have in the show notes and you'll see how amazingly similar this stuff is. 
it's really crazy to see that the the face painting is the same and i i wouldn't be surprised also about aladdin being insane because <laughs> well think about this he wished for a J- big thing yeah and cyrus later had said in this episode that people have tried to wish for his freedom but that he has uh, that it's ended well not ended badly but it went badly for both parties mm-hmm. so it's possible that aladdin did and now he is some guy out there insane hmm. a lad yeah. insane but he's free <laughs> well aladdin is anyway that's what i meant Oh, wait, never mind. I never mind. I was thinking of Aladdin as another... I guess I just think everybody from Agrabah is a genie. Actually, (laughs) you made me think of something. What if when someone wishes the genie free, that person who wished it becomes the genie? Hmm. And maybe that's how Cyrus knows, is that he was the one who once wished the genie free. And it ended badly for him, or it went badly for him, because he became the genie. And it ended badly for the other person because he became a real, a real boy or whatever. <laughs> and maybe something like now that he was no longer magical, he was so old that he just shriveled up and died or anything like that could have happened. <laughs> well, that could be. But I would think that would be a more straightforward explanation that he could have just given to Alice if that were the case. Well, this kind of stuff isn't something that you bring up on your first date. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the first date, did you notice some of the other people that were at that little tea party place? Everybody was drinking tea, (laughs) and there were people there in big, tall hats and all kind of interesting hats. And I'll put that screenshot in the show notes over at wonderlandpodcast.com slash five. So the Hatter's tea party then? Possibly looked or, hatterish. They were all wearing hats. Yeah, maybe in some way just a, a reference hatter's to it. tea party. It's not like there's only one. And there were little tea lights. Well, not really tea lights. <laughs> there were little like strings of lights. Like it was a little party. It looks cool. When Cyrus made the paper rose for uh, for Alice, it was white when he made it. And then it turned red. Turned red. And there is a significance oh. to that. Erin, <laughs> why don't you explain this? Uh, in the Alice in Wonderland book, the queen's servants, the cards, um, were painting all of the white roses red because I guess they had made a mistake or they had white roses and she wanted them painted red. So there's a whole song in the Disney movie, <laughs> the, uh, the animated movie about painting the roses red, but... I, I noticed that right away because mm-hmm. that was definitely a, an original, like a throwback to the original. That's yeah. great. And it, I wonder why it turned red also. Well, there's also a deeper meaning to a white rose versus a red rose. A white rose represents friendship and a red rose represents love. Love. So he kind of snuck the love in there. Mm-hmm. You know, like, look, friendship. Oh, just kidding. It's love. Well, he did say later it took lifetimes to find her, but only seconds to fall in love with her. Yeah. And mm. like the next scene right after the rose turned red in her hand was the queen. Um, with smel- her red roses. Yeah, smelling her yeah. red roses. Yeah. So fun, fun references there. 
Which I'll, I'll bet she picked herself. <laughs> but backing up when they come to the lake, huh. the the subtitles, we've started watching the show with subtitles and the subtitles when they're talking about the fairy are actually spelled F-E-R-R-Y as helping them get across the lake nice. until they clap and the fairy comes and then the spelling changes to F. <laughs> A-I-R-Y. <laughs> yeah, but that's to maintain the element of surprise with wordplay. Yeah. That's I liked it. Funny. I thought it was really That fun. was cute. Yeah. But we're introduced to Silvermist, and we got some uh, great feedback here about Silvermist. This came in from Sarah saying, I just wanted to say that Silvermist from Wonderland is also the name of one of Tinkerbell's friends in the new Disney movie about Tinkerbell. She is a water fairy in the Disney versions, which makes sense why she showed up. Alice mm-hmm. and the knave had to clap to get the, the fairy. And there's also a reference clap if you clap if you believe <laughs> motif that comes from the original Peter Pan play. Also, as David and Kristen pointed out, Silver Mist Fairy was someone that came from Pixie Hollow in Neverland. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Pixie and, Hollow. Uh, by the way, side reference here that Sarah also mentioned is that the asylum where Alice was in the previous episode <laughs> was uh, the same name of asylum in a video game, a horror video game about Alice. I think I heard about this game at oh. the time. <laughs> so they reused some of that. That was cool. But Silver Mist does even look like the fairy. That's a little bit like the fairy that is in the movie tinkerbell and we'll have comparison screenshots of this in the show notes at wonderlandpodcast.com slash five what do you think happened between silver mist <laughs> and will what do you think uh, <laughs> <laughs> i think that he broke her heart doing what he seems to do based on his own comments Mm-hmm. Of how to avoid falling in love. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't too happy with that. Yeah. Pretty He's much. kind of a scoundrel. <laughs> to put it nicely. But Silver Mist did seem like she did fall in love at one point because she said old feelings that she's moved on from. So mm-hmm. she did have old feelings. They did have something together. She's better. <laughs> like, it shows. Yes. I'm a professional. I was like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Not so much. <laughs> so, but now you're gonna take this guy over water. Cool. I bet you know something about him and water. <laughs> Slurpee's one hundred eight pointing something out though, tying some things in from Once Upon a Time. She said, "In the Enchanted Forest, fairies must adhere to a strict set of rules, which were laid out in the Once Upon a Time episode. Quite a common fairy." The blue fairy is a strict enforcer of the rules, and Tinkerbell lost her wings as a result of stealing pixie dust. In Wonderland, by contrast, it seems the fairies lack clear boundaries or someone to enforce them. For example, the fairy Silvermist still has her wings despite being unchaste. This is a clear contrast to Nova from Once Upon a Time, who was not even permitted by the blue fairy to date Dreamy, her true love, since Nova wanted to become a fairy godmother one day. In the traditional tale of Peter Pan, it's said that fairies, like Tinkerbell, can only hold one emotion at a time due to their very small size. With Silver Mist in Wonderland, we saw how her vindictive attitude towards the knave of hearts for leaving her after a one-night stand got the better of her. 
Well, we don't really know if it was just a one-night thing. It, it seems <laughs> like it might have been something longer. She dropped him in a lake despite his inability to swim. Silvermist allowed her hurt feelings to cause harm to someone else. Maybe the fairies actually need someone as strict as Blue Fairy to keep them in check. Otherwise, they end up being more menaces than benevolent fairy godmothers. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. And actually, depending on what the timeline here is, since Will's not that old, Blue Fairy's been gone, viewers of Once Upon a Time know, for quite some time. From everywhere. Thinking she was a nun. No less. Very true. Mother Superior. <laughs> oh, and speaking of how long she's been gone and tying that in with the curse from Once Upon a Time, someone, I think it was on Twitter, and I'm sorry that I can't remember who you were, but please comment on the show notes so you can take the credit for this. But someone had pointed out that when Alice said she helped Will get his heart back, maybe that was a literal thing because who was once the leader in Wonderland? Cora, the Queen mm-hmm. of Hearts. He was the knave of hearts. And he and she takes hearts, so maybe she did take his heart, and Alice had once literally helped the knave of hearts get his heart back. Oh, I think so. And you know what that tells me? What? what? If that's what happened, I think we'll get to see an episode where they did that, and we'll have Cora in that episode. I, yep. You know, sure. I, was, I was thinking of that, too, when I heard him say, I don't feel much of anything anymore. And who else have we heard that say that said that? Graham? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we heard Graham say yeah, it. Yeah, Cora didn't say it. It was just implied. Well, and, I mean, Silvermist said something about him not having a heart or yeah. something like that. And they looked at each other like, oh, my gosh, that was literal. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have a whole lot of doubt that that's a bigger story. Yeah, him and Alice kind of, she said, if you ever had a heart, I don't know what happened to it. And then him and Alice kind of exchanged yeah. this knowing glance <laughs> oh yeah true i didn't i didn't, didn't really pay attention to that i'm like oh we know we know what happened to it but as we hear what jafar wants or what cyrus says that jafar wants is something that he doesn't have and we talked a little bit about what that could be but what do you think the queen wants why is she in this really tough partnership, untrusting partnership with Jafar, what is the queen after? It's got to be something important if a newbie such as herself wants it that bad. Well, think <laughs> about the rules of magic. And Jafar said you must have some unholy requests. And what I'm thinking she wants is love, but mm-hmm. not maybe not romantic love. Oh. Maybe she wants the love of her people, and oh. she thinks that breaking the laws of oh. magic can give that to That's her. Good. That's a good theory. Because I, I said love first, and then I was thinking, eh, she might just want to kill people, but <laughs> she can do that lots of ways. I don't killing, know if she can. <laughs> maybe not, but killing is probably not high on their list because it's possible for people to be killed without magic. Yeah. It's the others yes. that... But she does have power. She, she did does. she did have power that one time. I wrote this in my <laughs> notes too because she doesn't seem to be displaying any kind of power other than that time where she pushed Cyrus off the ledge of the boiling True. sea. And that was when she was already in with Jafar. I so wonder, I wonder, I wonder if, if Jafar she, did that. Oh, like gave her 
No, no. I mean, like, I wonder. he did it. Yeah, I wonder if, since he was down there, ready to catch him, I wonder if Jafar did that, and, and it was staged to look like she did it, so that Alice would not, so that Alice would think that he's dead, and the queen did it. That's mm. possible. I was also thinking it could be similar to in Once Upon a Time when uh, <clears throat> Regina enchanted Hook's hook to take a heart just one time to do her a favor, to take Cora's heart, hmm. that um, that it could be something like that since they Jafar and the Red Queen all obviously had a deal already oh. that kind of she was just given what she needed for the job. I've enchanted it, your one red glove. You may push somebody <laughs> one time. <laughs> Not exactly done. literally. <laughs> You've got one shove in here. Use it well. <laughs> I wonder how many people there are who are shipping Red Queen and Jafar. Oh, God. What would that be? Red Jafar? Rafar. Or Jafar Queen? Jafar Queen, no. I don't know. But uh, in case you're unfamiliar, shipping is short for relationshipping, and it's pairing two people together. Jed. 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 (laughs) Yeah. That, That sounds attractive. I think it should be a rule of podcasting that you can't ship anyone. What? You mean for the podcasters? Just like genies have rules, I think podcasters (laughs) have rules and they're not allowed to ship anyone. Well, our fans and fans of the show, I know you guys ship It's true. I don't ship. Oh, that's right. You don't. Yeah. And people often ask me, what's your favorite ship? And I just think... Prince Charming, Prince Charming and Snow White. Um, oh. Yeah, Henry that's my go-to too. <laughs> Henry and Cinnabon. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, Once Upon a Time references that. <laughs> well, we learned some about Alice's family. Her mother died when she was born. And her father actually moved on from her. Yeah, And weird. Will had said around the same time when they were having this conversation later... Will had said something about when someone really loves you, they can't move on. So it it made me wonder, what if the father that we saw of Alice isn't actually her father? What an odd thought. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> what else would he be? Why wouldn't he be? <laughs> well, I, I what if she's actually the daughter of someone more important oh oh and like he adopted her yeah oh like maybe he's that would make the whole i'm just gonna stare at you instead of hugging you now that you're at the door again after untold weeks what if it could even be something like she is a daughter of the mad hatter no well yeah, crazy thought, I know. <laughs> it's a very crazy thought. Very crazy. Very crazy. Very, very crazy. Crazy. Although possible. <laughs> Did you hear when um, Alice asked Cyrus if he'd ever slain a dragon? It kind of made me think of the Jabberwocky and made me think, uh-huh. has she done that yet? Or <laughs> is she going to do that? And is this training going to be <clears throat> the training that we saw Sarah's giving to Alice. Oh, yeah. is, they even explained where she knew how she knew how to fight. I love that. Mm-hmm. Like if this training is going to somehow help her later to slay the Jabberwocky because the Red Queen has to have something against, you know, I mean, the Red Queen traditionally owns the Jabberwocky, right? What? 
I don't know. Or maybe it's just Aaron? a Tim Burton movie that she owns yeah, a Jabberwocky. Well, the Tim Burton, yeah, the, in the Tim Burton movie, it's the Queen of Hearts, though, right? No, she, it's the Red Queen. It's, it is the Red Queen? Okay. Yeah, but Jabberwocky is actually more from a separate Lewis Carroll poem called Jabberwock. And they weren't necessarily tied together with uh, with Alice. Some of the locations mentioned in the Jabberwock poem are from Wonderland, like the... Um, the, the, the woods, I forget the name of it. Tolji? Yeah, the Tolji wood is mentioned in the Jabberwock poem. Yeah, but I've seen two versions now that have the Jabberwocky and Alice mm-hmm. together in them. Yep. The, uh, sh- that live action one I referenced from when I was little had a <laughs> pretty scary involvement of the Jabberwocky throughout. Yeah. So I'm there, thinking maybe maybe the Red Queen's gonna you know use the Jabberwocky and Alice is gonna have to slay it somehow later on when the Red Queen needs to use something to prevent Alice from doing something maybe or getting to Cyrus maybe that'll be a weapon that she uses against Alice or or against someone against someone yeah so I, but I do think that Alice 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 would have to. Sl- I predict seeing the Jabberwocky and Alice having a slave in this show. <laughs> yeah, possibly. If if they do that, similar to what some of the movies have done, even though that's not the way the stories go, the original stories. Mm-hmm. But as we've seen, Jafar and the genie were yeah. never part of the original stories <laughs> anyway. Yeah, half the time that's I feel true. like we're talking about Aladdin, not Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. The mashup. Mashup. Yeah. Well, speaking of mashups... Anastasia was also mentioned in this. and Yeah, who is she? In, in some reference to <laughs> Will, that maybe it was someone that Will trusted and she ran away with his money, which apparently he borrowed from the Caterpillar. Because the terminology and the language that Silvermist used made it sound like Will owes the Caterpillar something. Like, uh, he, like the caterpillar is a loan shark, a rich guy loaning out money that then if you don't pay him back, then you have to start, you know, losing toes and appendages. <laughs> wow. Hmm. I was thinking of the caterpillar more of like the drug dealer since he's <laughs> the one that's smoking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like the, rich. the thing all the time. <laughs> We've what? got a great post over in the forums at wonderlandpodcast.com and Matthew Paul summarized some of these theories for us, and we'll have a link to this in the show notes at wonderlandpodcast.com slash five. But Matthew Paul summarizes this uh, this thread with this. On the forums, there is an awesome theory about Will's love, Anastasia. My theory is that Anastasia is not the Russian princess, but Cinderella's stepsister, Anastasia. Yes. Whoa. In the Disney Cinderella, Cinderella's stepsisters are named Anastasia and Drizella. Keep in mind that Cinderella slash Ashley from Once Upon a Time made a cameo in the pilot of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Her cameo could have been foreshadowing that her family is involved with Wonderland's story. I also think she might be the Red Queen, and she somehow became Queen in Neverland out of jealousy for Cinderella stealing her chance of becoming a queen back in the Enchanted Forest. How she and Will met, I cannot say. But she's not ugly. She's pretty. You're saying the Red Queen is Anastasia, the ugly stepsister? Possibly. Well, the the ugly, as Kitsis and Horowitz and the other writers are taking their own approach to all of the fairy tales. So even though the movie may do something, the book may do something that may be the same or different, 
they aren't necessarily following these things exactly as we know them, either from the books or from the movies. When they th- make things look like the movies, they're doing it for our sake, not that they're pulling the movie as their reference. They're also changing things from both because they want to tell their story by combining these things. It's almost like historical fiction but or alternative history, but this isn't actually history. It's like alternative fairy tale history. <laughs> I just assumed that Anastasia was the princess and Will was the con man involved in Anastasia's story. Well, so explain the background on Anastasia. Well, I've only watched the movie once. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> um, so Anastasia is a lost princess. And um, the, several years later, the queen wants to find her. So she sets up an award if anyone can find her and these con men go around looking for lookalikes and they find the real Anastasia but they don't know that she's the real Anastasia and they train her because she's been a bum all these years and they train her to be you know proper and princess like and then she meets the queen and the queen somehow knows that she's the real deal so so in the process I mean she's she um, goes on to be the real Princess Anastasia as she is. But in the process of being trained, she's kind of fallen in love with this con man. And at the end of the story, the con man kind of learns humility because he's fallen in love. And, and now he can't be with the princess. So he kind of leaves. And Obi's <laughs> girl in the chat room gave us the full name. It's Anastasia Romanov. I had no idea it was a Russian story. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> so if you know the background much better than that and and you can shed some more light on that then please comment on the show notes as well because we'd love to get some more background that was a pretty good summary thanks everything i remember as well <laughs> will does seem like the con man sort he does yep and even just the way that he's interacting with alice is a little bit odd because he's kind of always giving her the opposite encouragement when she's looking for cyrus and believes it he's saying well maybe he's moved on maybe all this and then when alice is saddened and thinks that cyrus has moved on that's when will starts encouraging to say no maybe he's still out there maybe he still loves you he's like mr opposite guy Mm. oh and he he sits back and lets alice do all the hard work when he was springing her out of her prison of sorts you know he just kind of leaned against the wall and let her fight all those doctors up and then when she was um stabbing the turtle trying to get to the other side of the lake or ocean or whatever body of water he just sat back and let the turtle swim and alice you know tell the turtle what to do well in his defense would he really know how to handle a giant turtle he's just lazy he didn't even know it was a turtle nope (laughs) go stab the island in the head (laughs) Then ask if it tickled, and then threaten to cut off its head with the sword that just tickled it. He just seems kind Hmm. of useless. Well, I think he wants to be. I think he wants to be, too. It's just he can't help being useless. (laughs) I think he he maybe feels indebted to Alice for how she helped him in the past, which is a story we don't have yet, but we know that she did help him. So it's possible that he wants to react one way and then kind of out of this sense of obligation he ends up kind of the like just let me do it kind of (laughs) attitude um because he he feels like he should be 
maybe is torn between his past life and trying to do the right thing. Do you think that true love will be the way the genie can be freed? I don't know. Because true love's kiss can break any spell. She's already kissed him. Yeah. Yeah. We know they love each other. And I'm sure they kissed since then. <laughs> yeah, but has it been like the kiss of true love? Oh, um, well, blah. Yes. Like there are five different kinds of kisses. Oh, come on. Dear. He proposed to her and she kissed him. If that's not the kiss of true love, well, what is? Okay, true. And that's what made the little heart thing glow. <laughs> yeah. Or the necklace. Oh. His freaking necklace glowed. If that wasn't true love's kiss. <laughs> I wonder more- if it's going to be true love in a different way. In a Just- bottle. Like true love's <laughs> sacrifice or something like that. Hmm. Like if, if he sacrifices himself for her, then he gets to be free or he will be reborn. At- <laughs> <laughs> no. Whoa. One more thing about Anastasia that I wanted to mention was that when Alice asked him, who is Anastasia? He said, nobody. And that would be just the thing I would think he would say being opposite. Like he is. <laughs> If she were actually the Russian princess. And he did say it's, yeah, a tale of a heartbreak. But yeah, yeah, true. Russian princess, nobody. (laughs) Hmm. But it's someone that Hmm. Silvermist knew about. Mm -hmm. Because Silvermist had said something about her precious Anastasia. Yeah. Maybe he slept talked about her or something. Or he he left Silvermist for Anastasia. And Anastasia ended up being a con woman. Maybe she took his heart. Literally, gave it to the queen. Yeah, I mean, all kinds of ways that you can tie these things together. But the white rabbit has a family, which gives us a little bit more support to the idea that maybe that's what the red queen is holding ransom. Because when the right white rabbit saw Cyrus and Alice burying the bottle, when the rabbit ran off, he said, "Honey, sorry, I'm late." <laughs> He's always late. <laughs> he's to him. He's always running late. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I noticed that. I did not think about the ramifications of a bunny family, <laughs> but yeah, I suppose that exists. And we haven't seen his family, so it's probably a good guess to think that the Red Queen's holding his family hostage while he performs all these tasks. Yeah, because you think about people who. Uh, are honorable people and many times honorable people might be willing to sacrifice themselves for the greater good Uh, not everybody i understand but many people will at least think that way or something like well no i'm not going to help you evil person achieve power (laughs) but when you threaten someone's loved ones that's a much bigger threat than threatening the person themselves leverage Mm -hmm. yeah so I think that's what Red Queen is doing, since mm-hmm. we know he, at one point at least, had a family. And she's threatening to kill a bunny, not necessarily him. Right. Yeah, small bunny bones. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, she did threaten him directly last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's essentially what Jafar is doing to Cyrus as well. Uh, threatening Alice instead of threatening Cyrus. Yeah. True. And... Jafar, near the end of this, we see a little montage going on as Red Queen actually does have the bottle. And so apparently the White Rabbit told her both locations, told her the fake location Mm -hmm. and the real location, uh, because she was able to pass on the fake location to Jafar. But she has the bottle. 
And while during this <laughs> montage, when it shows her with the bottle, it shows Jafar go into this room and pull out a book, no. or float out a book. Summon a book. Yeah, summon a book. <laughs> and he slightly bows to it. Yeah. And awkward that opens. It makes me wonder, is that book significant? I think it is. A, a bad guy who bows to a book, the book does seem significant. The book has the same. <laughs> the cover looks like the same design as the window behind him. Mm. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, yeah. I... I I kind of think that an alternate ending of this episode could have been basically Red Queen to Jafar, like, I have the bottle. I took respect. And then she turns to walk away. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going directly back to my palace where you drop in unannounced all the time. And that's where the bottle is. I'm just going to go look at it for a while and then put it in a really insecure red box. Um, Don't follow me and take it. Definitely don't do that. I was thinking he was going to freeze her. Yeah, research. Yeah, because he had done that. Um, let's see some other things we kind of jumped over a little bit. Um, wishes come with a cost. Mm-hmm. When they were having the freedom discussion, reminds me of Once All Upon magic a Time comes with a price. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little twist on that. Little genie style magic warning, which technically it's the same concept. Yeah. Anything else about this episode of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland? How did Will I... know the proof quote? When you love someone, you don't need proof. Because he said it originally. He did not. Yeah. To Will said it? No. Cyrus, Cyrus said it. Alice said it in the pilot to Will, though. She said, because when you love somebody, you don't oh, need proof. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I, I mixed that up. I couldn't remember if he had actually heard it. Yeah. Well, they both actually said it to each other in the pilot. Alice said it first to Will, and Will said it back to Alice at some point. Okay. There was also uh, another Once Upon a Time nod, the releasing of a type of dove and saying, find her. <laughs> <laughs> that also happened in Once Upon a Time. Mm. Yeah, I, I like the tiny little references that they're making over to Once Upon a Time. And tying it in there for those who watch both shows. And if you watch both shows, then please also check out our Once Upon a Time podcast over at oncepodcast.com. But thank you so much for watching this show with us and listening to this podcast. Specifically, I want to thank several people who have left some kind reviews for us in iTunes. Awesometastic Person, Julia Rose 18, <laughs> CD Tippy. Dakota927, Once Lost, Blue Belza from Norway, Kimmy Bear 5, Robo Ref, Karen 1, Beeline Girl, and Raylene McClellan from Canada. Thank you so much, everybody, for your kind ratings and reviews and iTunes. We really enjoy especially the written reviews because they encourage us and they help other people find the podcast as well. If you haven't left a review, please go to wonderlandpodcast.com slash iTunes. And if you have left a review, thank you. And also check out these other reviews and mark them as helpful. But thank you so much for your review. Please send us your feedback for the next episode of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. As you can tell, we're only doing one podcast episode for one TV show episode. And we record that podcast on Sunday evenings. So please watch over at wonderlandpodcast.com slash live when we do that on Sunday evenings just before Once Upon a Time airs 
and send us your feedback every time after you watch an episode. You can email it to feedback at wonderlandpodcast.com or call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221. You can also go to wonderlandpodcast.com on your computer or iOS device and send a voice message right from the website. And we'd really appreciate that. Just make sure that when you email us, put the title of that episode in the subject line of your email, because then that really helps us or really helps Slurpees 108, who helps sort our feedback, helps us to get through that and prioritize those things and put them in the right place. Here are some general observations that came in from Chris. He said, number one, Jafar says to the Red Queen that you cannot earn trust from people, but you have to take it. This could be a parallel to Rumpel Stiltskin from Once Upon a Time saying something similar to Regina in the Enchanted Forest. Number two, the old man hanging in a cage next to Cyrus could be a nod to the Disney film in which Jafar disguises himself as an old man to Aladdin. And I'd seen someone else say that they thought at first that that was Jafar disguised playing chess, but then Jafar walked in, so that kind of killed that theory. Hmm. But you couldn't... You couldn't see the man anymore when Jafar walked in. So I was, because I wrote that down too, but you couldn't actually see the man in the background anymore. So I do wonder if still that's a little bit possible. And his cage is hanging higher. So yeah, interesting. It would be easy for him to disappear in Cyrus not notice. And playing chess with Cyrus and chess (laughs) is all about strategy. And Hmm. it could be a way of just kind of like a cat toying with its prey. How that does Jafar he know is toying with Aladdin? That the I mean, other cage is Cyrus. the only <laughs> the only one that's made of silver. From it, his it, little yeah. perch in that. Well, he could probably tell. It doesn't look silver. It doesn't it look any different. silver. I mean, it, it doesn't I, look different. I think it looks a little bit different. And Chris's third observation here is well, the Knave of Hearts uh Will, the Knave of Hearts, said that the life of Cyrus is literally hanging in the balance. Cyrus really is hanging in a cage. How would the knave know that? That was something I wanted to bring up before the end. Now, it is possible that the people writing these shows like the word literally too much because one of the other major quibbles I had with dialogue also involved the word literally. So it could just be that. They use that word literally too often. Um, The other being, you went literally down a rabbit hole. Well, okay, if it's not a story that you have, then you don't need to say literally. But anyway, I wondered that too. Does that mean the knave knows more than he's letting on? Yeah, because he did ask uh, Alice if if um, she trusts him now. Mm-hmm. Which I I liked her comment about if there's something, is there anything, if, the, if there's anything that you can count on in Wonderland, it's that you can't count on anybody in Wonderland. So that was cool. And if he is a con man, then he's doing a really good job. Yeah. Yeah. And Wonderland apparently is full of ears. Yeah, <laughs> or the yeah. walls. Literally. Yeah. Where are the walls? The walls have ears. What walls? There are no walls. I didn't outside. see any walls. They were walking through trees. So I was like, what, what walls? And where are these ears? <laughs> uh, News travels really fast in Wonderland. Maybe that's what he's uh, saying. The flowers could talk in in Wonderland and the books and the movies. So maybe. And I said earlier that I would explain why I think Cyrus is filling the role of Aladdin. 
there was one point, and I don't know if I have the exact wording, but it was basically a nod to, I can show you the world. <laughs> he said something like, there's a whole world out there. I can show you. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Which also works with Daniel's, I think it was Daniel's theory, that whoever wishes the genie free becomes the genie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but his name is Cyrus, not Aladdin. That's okay. Maybe they get a fancy genie name uh, and they become the genie. genie. With a fancy genie necklace. Aladdin is kind of a mashup of stories from Arabian Nights, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, there is no Aladdin story exactly as we've seen the Disney movie. I, I, I mean, contained in a book necessarily right. like that. But the lamp was a commonly used thing and genie and all of this stuff. Yeah, very common. In, in some of those stories. Have you listened to Mozart Piano Sonata in C? Uh, yes. I can't remember which one specifically it is. That's an, intric- that's an intricate piece of music. Yeah. And also a tie to literal, Jeremy, <laughs> Earth. <laughs> <laughs> which now that we know that from clarification tweets from uh, Kitsis Horowitz or Jenny Espenson that the London we saw is a fictional London, not the literal. Yeah, I agree, Jeremy. Fill that idea out or I call bogus. (laughs) (laughs) Explain it. Make one a civilization copying the other on purpose, please. Because that's just silliness. It's like worse than string theory. Is it worse than squidding? Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) maybe it might be well we would love to hear more of your feedback for upcoming episodes of once upon a time in wonderland thank you so much for subscribing to the podcast and sending us your feedback already if you have and we look forward to getting more of your feedback we're now finished for the most part talking about this episode trust me and we look forward to feedback in the your feedback in future episodes of wonderland podcast again Email us feedback at wonderlandpodcast.com or call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221. Or you can also go to wonderlandpodcast.com and send a voice message right through the website. And we'd love those ratings and reviews in iTunes at wonderlandpodcast.com slash iTunes. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and you can follow me on Twitter at the ramen noodle i'm jeremy laughlin you can follow me on twitter at phlegon that's p-h-l-e-g-o-n i'm jenny and you can follow me at twitter.com slash jenny snook and i'm aaron and you can follow me on twitter at aaron j cruz and get the screenshots and everything that we mentioned in the show notes over at wonderlandpodcast.com slash five and you can also follow wonderland podcast on twitter at wonder podcast stick around for spoilers from hunter after the music and until next time remember promises were made to be broken as are the bones of little bunnies who forget what they have at stake and thanks for listening
Wonderland Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Hi, Wonders. Hunter Hathaway here with your spoilers for Wonderland Podcast. Season 1, Episode 3, Forget Me Not, is directed by David Solomon and written by Richard Hatem. The ABC official synopsis says... In a flashback, viewers are introduced to Will Scarlet, who turns out to be the nifty knave of hearts. Will has joined Robin Hood's merry men and convinces them to steal gold from Maleficent's castle before also pilfering an enchanted looking glass for himself that comes with a hefty consequence. Meanwhile, in Wonderland, Cyrus successfully tricks Jafar and the Red Queen into sending a bandersnitch after Alice, who in turn exposes something the White Rabbit has been secretly hiding. Guest stars include Michael P. Northey as Tuck, or the Injured Man, Jason Burkhart as Little John, Traveler 1, Casey Manderson as Traveler 2, Ryan McDonald as Footman, Thomas Saunders as Wealthy Gentleman, Sean McGuire as Robin Hood, the Fourth Man, Mark Aikson as Nizam, Iggy Pop as the voice of the Caterpillar, Aaron Harrison as Screaming Head, Hugo Steele as Orange, Steve Basic as Grendel, Handsome Man, Catherine Mitchell as Young Woman, Brian George as Old Prisoner, and Kristen Bauer Van Straten as the voice of Maleficent. Hitflix.com had an interview with Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz. So why the quick spinoff? We were telling the Mad Hatter story when we went to Wonderland for the first time. That world seems so rich and something to explore, Horowitz said. We thought about the character of Alice, and when we had ideas about the character, there were so many. It didn't seem worth trying to showhorn them into once, which we had a plan for the story we were telling and where that story and where that's going to go. So it sat in the back of our brains, and when ABC gave us the opportunity to develop a spinoff, that seemed like a no-brainer place to go. We actually have a flashback on how Alice's strains against the restriction of Victoria, England, Kitsis says. You're going to see how she got into the insane asylum, and you're going to see what it's like to be somebody who's different in a place where different is not tolerated. When the possibility of a crossover between the two shows is mentioned, both Kitsis and Horowitz agree, outside of a few nods from one series to the other, they plan to keep the main series and its spinoffs separate. There are Easter eggs sprinkled throughout, and a character here or there will crop up, but the stories really are on a separate track, Horowitz said. They're not building to each other. You can watch either show independent of the other. Even though there's a mashup of stories of Alice in Wonderland and Aladdin, Kitsis says not to expect the hero Aladdin anytime soon. I have a few new episode titles to share today. Episode 4 will be called The Serpent, and Episode 5, Heart of Stone. Just a programming note, there will be no new episode on Halloween, October 31st. Well, Wanderers, that's all I have for you today. You can find me on Twitter at Dust. Until next time!